Welcome to Go Home Heat, a CM Punk podcast. The man has returned, the voice of the voiceless. Every time I told you guys in the group, every time I think I'm out on Punk, he pulls me back in. He is either the truth sayer or the fact twister, depending on where you sit in the room. He has found a way to be a lightning rod for pro wrestling his entire career. There are so many questions about him. We're going to talk him. We're going to talk AEW. We're going to talk Forbidden Door. I really didn't want to do much WWE, but Roman won't have that as we had what I think will go down in history as one of the great moments in WWE at the very least. And we're going to talk about all of that with my man, Justin. And Jamil. Absolutely. After this. Welcome to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Here at Go Home Heat, our contributors focus on the stories and character arcs of the live action drama art form. An art form dating back to Zeus, featuring Lincoln and a bear and peeking with Robocop and Sting. In the words of Xavier Woods, the last form of theater in the round. And now, go home heat. Punk returns last night. First of all, AW, this is really more of an AW pod, even though Punk kind of overwhelmed me last night. And I'm kind of in the in the midst of my cult of personality, one might say. I was about to say that you you're you're kind of home little spiel there at the beginning. His his song, his entrance song, never has an entrance song suited a person or character more. Then it suits Phil Brooks, a.k.a. CM Punk. believe that he is the Pied Piper, or you believe he is the Messiah. There is no the in-between, you know. And the origin of that song, if you listen to Vernon Reed, the guitarist, or Corey Glover, the singer, talk about the writing of that song, it wasn't just the cult of personality of... Evil. No, he brought up Gandhi. Correct. A cult of personality is dangerous no matter who you... Because everybody thinks they're the good guy. The thing you got to remember about every bad guy you've ever read about history is they thought they were the good guy. Idol worship. Absolutely. Idol worship. Isn't that what Moses warned us against? Yes. That's the first commandment. Right. It's literally number one. (laughs) (laughs) right right it's literally number one and yet punk has either in as the song says whether whether it be good or evil Mussolini or Gandhi charisma will overwhelm you and we are all guilty of liking or disliking things due to the way they are Package to us. Example: This week, I was watching the uh, the documentary on Hillsong. Yes. That big mega church, and they were interviewing the the pastor Carl Lentz, who had gotten in trouble for having affairs and stuff like that. And when I was watching him preach in the beginning, it was like, man, this guy, I like, I don't see it. And then when he was saying something in that interview that kind of appealed to my point of view of I want to believe that they were doing bad things and everything it appealed to my biases like 
things do. Son, his charisma kind of came through to me. I was like, I can see it. I can see how this guy can talk you in anywhere. A hundred percent. Okay, so the, the show itself, I thought Collision was fantastic. I thought the wrestling was great. All of those things. And the way it starts, we have, it's basically a classic rock beginning because we have Saturday night's all right for fighting, which I'm sure is incredibly expensive to purchase off Elton John, Tony. How much money was that? Right. Tony does not give two poops about money. And then we go straight from that song into Living Colors. You know what I mean? Boom. And we're at the cult of personality and Vernon's killing it. Chicago obviously is the perfect town for this event. Punk comes out. And he gives us the what for. He runs, he lets you know what he has always let you know, which is that I will not bend, I will not bow, I will not break. I will tell you exactly whether it is the truth or not. It is what he believes happened from his chair. We agree. We agree. Yes. Larry, do- Larry Chicago shirt, the dog shirt, yes. ugliest dog ever is going to sell twenty to 30,000 shirts. Probably sold them last night. I'm trying to find one right now. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> he looks so vicious for like nine pounds. Literally. Literally. Okay, the, 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 the line about how um, his friend. Oh, talking about Dave, Dave Zelensky calling him. So Dave Zelensky is actually not a friend of his. Although, I mean, he kind of made me a friend. Um, That's actually the CEO for Warner Brothers Discovery. So, yeah, you know. No idea of that reference. Yeah. (laughs) Found that that out last night, thanks to Sean Ross Sapp. Yeah, Sean Ross Sapp is good. Yeah, okay, so... One Bill Phil, you know, says he is. And then he says the line about the counterfeit bucks that are out there. Ever want to be on his verbal bad side, dude? No. He's going he's gonna to win every time. I mean, I think Hunter has had his moments with him. Even Cena really had trouble with him. And Cena has pretty much abused everybody he's been in the ring with. Yes. That's about the only person I can put up there that can, can support a hand on his level is, is Cena. Cena had trouble with it. He actually, he actually did it in the rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. And that's and that's a feat within itself. Well, the beauty of of Punk is he's smart enough to call a guy like the Rock Dwayne. Yes. And the way he said John in the in the pipe bomb was <laughs> was was it, it felt like pity. Yes. I pity you, John. And the only reason why I mentioned Hunter is Hunter didn't feel like they were on even footing the day the promos happened. In hindsight, we can look at them and go, oh, that kind of was what was going on. But in the moment, nobody thought, you know, we all want ice cream bars, right? Okay, so... What okay, okay, he comes out, he's got the shoes around his neck. We all want to know. He's got the, something in the bag. The last line about 
what's in the bag. We all assume it's the championship title, which he never lost, he reminds you of. He points out he wasn't in the greatest dog collar match of all time. I won the greatest dog collar match of all time with my tricep hanging off my arm. And if somebody can fill my boots, I'll leave them in the ring. What on earth? That's some that's some old West gunfighter. Dude, right if you want my spot, take it. Yep. Gonna have to put me down, and I don't think anybody here can do it. And the funny thing is, we all, I don't know, do you guys assume that Tony is not on Punk's side anymore? I don't know where Tony is on this. Tony has, I don't know who's got his ear. I don't know who's got, I don't know if he's decided he knows best or what, but I have no idea. I'm going to be honest. I can't, I can't call him all the time. A part of me always, a part of me feels like Tony, Tony and Phil are just, Tony and Phil are just cordial, but, but then again, it's like, you know, no, and it's, and it's really only because nobody can really speak on, nobody can really speak on anything that happened from the media scrumming all out all the way up until now. Um, I also, I, I'm going to be honest with you, I also feel like, I also feel like Punk wanted to pull that belt out of the bag, but he couldn't because of those same legal, same legal ramifications. Because if you remember, when the Elite came back, they just weren't given their titles back. They literally had to go through a best of seven with um, Death Triangle in order to get those belts back. Like it couldn't just be, it couldn't be acknowledged. Mm-hmm. They couldn't be acknowledged that they were actually that that they were actually the champions. So I feel like it's literally the same light as far as this um, CM Punk situation. I agree. I agree. Now, we we get to a match, and he is in a club with a guy, you know, Dax is kind of famous for uh, saying what he thinks as well. (laughs) They idolize Bret Hart, who is in that same club. I mean, ain't many people gave Mr. Man a black eye. No. It's not a, there's not a lot of people in the world that have that, 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 that have given Benny Mac the old shiner. Yeah. Although I do wonder if JR didn't run into him. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Okay. JR. Right. So tell me this. The match they had, we, we at the end of the show... The main event, FT, CMFTR versus uh, Bullet Club Gold, Jay White, uh, Samoa, Joe. Samoa Joe, and Big Juice, Juice Robinson. Robinson baby. Uh, hero. He is an unsung hero. He is a fantastic uh, wrestler, entertainer, whatever you want to call him. A lot of talent in the ring, a lot of history in the ring, and... Kevin Kelly and um, not Jr. Nigel McGinnis. Nigel McGinnis yes. were great all night. McGinnis 
always be one of my favorite favorite guys to call matches, dude. If you include his career, he's way up there in the the annals of pro pro wrestling history. Yes, yes. Um, so they were great, but they they point out the Joe Punk trilogy. They harken back to it. The people of Chicago, of course, being Ring of Honor people, they know about it. So when Joe and Phil do square off, it has a meaning. Uh-huh. Phil gets caught in a Kimura choke. It looks like he's going out. There's a save. A lot of things happen. I thought JR, he, he had some trouble with his voice. He said he was going away for a little while to get well. I don't know what's going on there. I wish JR the best always. But he did have a good line about Jay White looking like a race car, I think. Yeah. Which was a kind of a perfect description of White because he's not a bigger, stronger guy in this company. But he is long, he is athletic, and he can go. So I thought it was a great line. But Dax and FTR get the save on Punk. They hit their finisher on Juice. Juice gets pinned. No surprise to any of that. But it was a perfect way to end a great night of wrestling. Were we happy with that portions of it all? Absolutely. What did we think about this show in general? Did you like the Luchasaurus, Christian, Crazy, Pull Off the Win versus yeah. Warlow? Yeah. That happened. The, that was the, my lowest point of the night, really. Right. It wasn't- I don't know what the deal is with Wardlow. But ever since the MJF thing, it, he doesn't overwhelm me. No. And I don't, I don't have a good excuse as to why. I think he is a massive thing. I think part of the MJF, part of it is the MJF stuff got weird because he kept beating up everybody that worked there, and it was like, well, wait a minute, he's the good guy, but this poor guy that is getting hourly wage is getting thrown out of the ring onto the concrete. What are we doing? The other part of me is just like it's hard for me to get behind Luchasaurus too in a way. The best part of the whole thing was Christian acting like he won the title when it was over. Literally, right? Okay. Now I thought the women's match was good. Um, I'm a big Willow Mark. I'm starting to become a Blue Sky Mark. Her being from Chicago was cool. Getting the pin for her was nice, Um, but. The match for me was Murphy. Thanks. Huh? Andrade, right? Yes. Murphy's literally yeah. one of the best wrestlers in the world, and Andrade has no ceiling as to how good he is. No. He is. That back elbow looked like it murdered him. It, it, had, it made me feel like maybe Jericho should give it up. And we'll get to Jericho. That absolutely was the sleeper match of the night. Like it was, it was an incredible match from beginning to end. And whatever this whole um, Andrade versus House of Black, whatever this leads to, um, I'm so I'm all in. Oh yeah, yeah. that's a great history there. I mean, that was Alistair's first match in NXT. That was his guy he overcame to win the championship. One, 
one of, if not the greatest match I've ever seen live was TakeOver Andrade, Aleister Black. I, I, it is, was everything. Like, you know what I mean? It, it really, if WWE had done everything right, that match would headline a WrestleMania. Yes. But they didn't, life's not perfect. I thought Murphy putting Andrade in, in Rhea's uh, submission hold was great until I saw a figure eight in the middle of the ring. Uh, Kevin Kelly's line about you learn from everywhere you can around the world, but this one seemed to be closer to home was so good. Kudos to Charlotte and Ripley. Kudos to the gentlemen for not being uh, worried about their masculinity and taking showcasing. Well, I think it's almost, it's it's a big compliment there. Like, look, what you do is awesome. It doesn't matter. That's all that matters is it's awesome. I see Jamel. Jamel's uh, young lady is in the room, and happy Father's Day, Jamel. Appreciate it, guys. Um, no, like, listen, when I saw Andrade hit that figure eight, I was just like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. And then, but then even before that, when, when Buddy hit Rhea's move, I was like, I was like, hold on. Like, I've seen that. I was like, oh, these guys. I was like, this, yeah. Like, this This is, this is class. Classic textbook wrestling. Um, I just I also want to point out the fact that um, even though we aren't really getting a quote unquote hard brand brand like roster split, um, I, I I would like for people to notice that the first episode of Collision literally features a lot of people that um, either shine really great in NXT. Or just shine really great on the main roster of, of WWE. Like I just, you know, you had Punk, you had FTR, you had Andrade, you had Buddy, Buddy Matthews, you had Miro. Because um, I mean, you know, Miro just comes out and, and obliterates. Um, you know, like Tony. Yes, Tony Neese. Like Tony Neese. Like I mean, it's. Like, like I, I feel like I feel like we were watching an episode of NXT where CM Punk decided to come and visit, um, visit and have a match. I mean, Samoa Joe for crying out loud! Like, Samoa Joe is literally the best NXT, one of the best <laughs> top three NXT champions ever. So there's that. <laughs> okay, another one of the greatest matches I've ever seen live in person. The revival. The Authors of Pain in DIY. Oh, my God. Hey, man. Shout out to Authors of Pain. How you screwed up those two monsters is... is That's a show right there, buddy. I had the, I had the poster from the show right behind me. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, it, anyway. Uh, okay, so you are 100% right. Authors of Pain should have been more... I, I I guess they got hurt a couple times, maybe I, I don't know. It's just ignorance. But let's move on into speaking of NXT. To me, the match of the week was 
probably the greatest NXT champions match with MJF, Adam Cole. First of all, was there a better NXT champion than Adam Cole? Uh, pound for pound? Dollar for dollar? I don't think so. I don't either. I don't either. He just had the uh, unluckiness of a brand coming along. I think NXT took the brunt of the punishment for the sins of the main roster and Vince. Yes. It wasn't his fault. It just was what it was. And I thought MJF versus Adam Cole was a fantastic match. I want to compliment Tony on the booking of it, the whole scenario, having a time limit, having something on the line, having, even though he's got Forbidden Door, Right around the corner, he didn't shy away from giving us MJF's next feud. Cole, yeah. that stretch run where you think Cole has got it to the, you know, MJF throwing the belt, doing the Eddie Guerrero and the referee falling down instead of seeing it and Cole hitting it and MJF kicking out. Uh, they do a great job. MJF don't wrestle much, but boy, he don't have nothing but great ones. And... Yeah. Uh, Cole not getting the win was one thing as time ran out when he had MJF pinned, but even the little detail of him begging for five more minutes and MJF walking away was nice. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. why on earth would I do anything for you? It was perfect, right? Perfect. Chef's kiss on the whole thing. Let's look at Forbidden Door. Um, I, I, like I said, I, I enjoyed the fact that Tony is not only booking for Forbidden Door, he's also booking past it. I like the idea of having multiple storylines going on at once as long as it doesn't get convoluted to some degree, which I don't even mind convoluted. That last match on Wednesday was a perfect Nitro style. <laughs> wait, what's going on? Takeshita. Oh, wait. Eddie, uh, what, what, huh? What's going on? Okay, Daniel Bryan versus Okada in a dream match. Who goes over? Ooh, I'm gonna go Rainmaker. I think you're right. I think it. Uh, New Japan has to have a couple of wins, and I think Daniel Bryan is the kind of guy who will not pitch a hissy fit for his character. Yeah, he gets it. I think he honestly is at the point in his career where putting people over doesn't weaken him, and they'll figure out some sort of way to put Okada over and still make mm -hmm. and still make Brian look like the badass he is. So yeah, good. Okay, Jungle Boy is going to win the New Japan title over Sonata. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, Shibata Garcia. Um, I want it to be Shibata so bad because I'm just such a mark. It feels like one where the crew gets in. It feels like one that's going to be a very Nitro-style finish. Yeah, to, I, it, go ahead. Garcia get the win, but then Shibata get the, the victory. After the after the bell, 
something. Like they attack, like murder a bunch of people or something. Mm-hmm. NJF goes over Tana. Yeah. Yeah. Shot at being match of the night, even though you don't think so because of the way they can tell stories, both of them. God, yes. I can't imagine something being better than Okada uh, Danielson, but, you know, we'll see. There's some opportunities here if you just roll the dice and you get the right numbers. Mm -hmm. Omega Osprey. Um, Osprey gets that belt back. I think so. I think Osprey goes over as well. Okay, what do we got left? We got Orange and uh, Jack Sabre Jr. I think so too. I think so too. I don't know how. Um, The question becomes is this match for both of their belts? Or is it just a match between? Or is it just a match between them? That's a good question. I I think it's going to just be for Orange's belt. Okay. So, yeah, if it's just for Orange's belt, then yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Freshly Squeeze is definitely going over. Like. He's he's done wonders with he's done wonders with the international title so yeah right we're fine work ethic and wrestling ability he needs to get over it that dude's been killing it for for months now oh yeah yeah orange is one of the best things there is right now um especially on that show now our uh, excitement level for Forbidden Door ten me too. Me too. I'm more excited for this than probably any pay per view since the first one of theirs. Yeah, I'm, def- I'm definitely at a, I'm definitely at a, a solid ten. Good deal, good deal. Let's move into, let's finish up a little bit with a talk of Jay Uso breaking up WWE's bloodline. We are getting a civil war match at Money in the Bank. I am okay on the island of relevance. What a year Roman has had. Sammy turned on him. Huh? And the year's not even over yet. No. Yeah. Jay, is, Jay has walked away from him. Jimmy walked away from him. Sammy walked away from him. The uh, Solo put... Yeah. What, yeah, Solo put on his little Twitter feed a picture of all of the backs of all of them standing in a row when they were at their biggest. And X, Red X is through the backs of all of them except him. And it says, and then there was one. And I think it's perfect. I think Solo eats the pin at Money in the Bank. Um, first of all, that last segment, as we have Jay looking at Jimmy, saying, you've always had it better than me. You're the older brother. And just mentioning that Jimmy considers himself the older brother feels like Jay is pointing out his petty, mm-hmm. right? It was seconds. You're not five years older than me. You're not seven years older than me. You're seconds older than me. What are you talking about? Why do you get to, why do you get to act like you're more mature than I am? And then Jay says, you were the prom king. And that kind of felt, you know, you were most likely to succeed. That felt like a, a knife to Jimmy. I mean to Jay yeah. to bring it up even, and yeah. then and then you have he had pointed out all the reasons why and 
Paul had already pointed out, look, the only person that had a problem with you being main event Uso was Jimmy. And of course, that is a little bit of revisionist history because it really wasn't, my issue wasn't with you being a main eventer. My issue was with you bowing to our cousin. Uh-huh. But it felt spot on. And Jimmy let you think that it was, it had motivated him and that he really wanted to be the guy. And then he give you gave you reasons why waiting in line behind Roman would be better than playing second fiddle to Jimmy Moore. But then we got what we knew all along, which is you could not separate those twins. Every big match they have been in, the reason for their success is that when things get crazy, they're twins. Uh-huh. And it made, a, it made a difference that night as Jimmy says, you're out and I'm out too, and kicks the smoke out of Roman. And how good did Roman sell that, that dual super kick? Oh, oh, dude, it was perfect. It was perfect. And the way their expressions, when he says the first one, when he's like, listen, you're out. And you could see the, the way Roman just laughed and stepped uh-huh. in. And Paul Heyman laughed, and it looked like, oh, everything was right. There is no problem with the Rockers. And then you got them, <laughs> and I'm out too. Bam. Bam. That Don Michaels kicking Marty Jannetty in the face, except bigger. Uh, yes. That's saying something. It's and it on the grandest of stages. The only thing I can think of as far as heel turn, and this isn't a heel turn, of course, but it is a swerve. And was it somewhat predictable? Sure. But, yeah. but as Roman constantly kind of pulls things out that shouldn't be pulled out in his favor... There is doubt in your mind. And they did do a good job. Huh? I could see them totally when they did the whole, he was the one who didn't want you to be the man. I was like, geez, here's an opportunity for them to string this out WWE style for three or four more months. It was that, it was, you know, I was like, I can, I was, they had to be at least enough that it was a worry. Well, that's the thing. Even if we think eventually the twins wind up together, we don't necessarily think it starts tonight. And so even if you're uh, comfortable in thinking we get the Usos at some point, you do think tonight the can gets kicked down the road. This is going to be another six months. And then all of a sudden, the three-year storyline is immediately over. Mm-hmm. It's there with Seth Rollins hitting Roman. It's yes. It's there with Sean's kick, but Sean's kick, probably half a million people originally saw it that night. Maybe 20,000 people saw it that night. You know, the, the, the one with Seth, it was on Monday Night Raw. I'm sure a lot of people saw that one. The Hogan NWO. Yeah. That's one that's up there with this. As far yeah. as how many people saw it, and how it was involved in this huge storyline. We this know... Go ahead. 20 million times already. Yeah. Yeah, they're getting close to 30 million watches. Right. Now, here's the other thing. 
The shield that moment sent those three men into the stratosphere. John Moxley would become as important to pro wrestling as any person has been in that he solidified AEW. Roman Reigns has become as important to pro wrestling as anybody has been as he is the key storyline both in writing stories and in being the centerpiece of this huge story in the biggest wrestling company in the world. And all Seth has done is be the best wrestler in the biggest wrestling company in the world. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, I don't think you can like, I think you could say Mox is this Roman's this Seth is this, but everybody's got a good reason to think the other one is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. The Hogan moment. Eh, they put over Hogan. Okay, but that's what Hogan moments did. And <laughs> <laughs> but this right here could be that thing that makes the Usos. I was I saw it. Right? I saw it right then. I saw it with Jimmy and I saw it with Jay. Jay especially. Jay has come into his own more in this than and solo. I was not sold on Solo coming out of NXT. I was like, this guy, he's got the look, he's got a lot of stuff, but he's kind of bland. Yeah. For that, I mean, I've seen that character. I liked it when it was Umaga, and he did it better. Right. Uh, that my opinion. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Guys, I want to wrap this thing up. I I'm with you. I think Jimmy showcased who he was over the last two weeks in a way we haven't seen before. He went nose to nose on a stick with the King. Jay has become the main event. We have this wonderful forbidden door on our way. Wrestling is as much fun right now as it could possibly be. Um, Tony's killing it. Uh, Hunter's killing it. Um, Lord have mercy. We have the voice of the voiceless back. It is a fun time to be in this thing. Jamil, tell people where they can find you. They definitely can find me at... Jamal, J-A-M-A-L, still S-T-E-E-L-E, on IG and Twitter. Um, this is a great time to be a wrestling fan. I'm enjoying every minute. Justin, nobody can find you anywhere? Nope. Awesome. Well, check out our friends at the Game Project, Project.com. Check out our friends at The Daily Smart, your one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling. Please watch, enjoy pro wrestling, interest, interact with us on the Twitter machine, at GoHomeHeat1. You can interact with me at perkdaddy16. And thank you very much. And folks, awesome. Appreciate you, brothers. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Thank you.